Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Small businesses bring Utah together. They inspire goodness and connect communities. These are their stories from Mighty Main Street, brought to you by the Utah Office of Tourism and Visit Salt Lake. Here's our host, Chris Redgrave, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Thank you for joining our show, Mighty Main Street, the faces and places of Utah. These featured small businesses from Salt Lake County and across the state of Utah drive our economy and develop our main streets, creating a vibrancy and creating jobs. This program is supported by Managing Director of Utah Office of Tourism, Vicki Varela, and CEO Caitlin Eskelson with Visit Salt Lake. Thank you so much for joining us, Justina. I have Justina Parsons-Bernstein with the Utah State Park Dark Sky Initiative. You've got to go to the website and check this out because it's absolutely stunning to look at what we're talking about and the fact that this is such a big initiative, not just in the state of Utah, but beyond. Justina, uh, welcome. And you want to give everybody your official title? Oh, sure. I'm the Heritage Interpretation and ADA Resources uh, Manager for Utah State Parks. You're also coordinating the Utah State Parks Dark Sky Initiative. You're the Right. I'm the coordinator, absolutely, of the Utah State Parks Dark Sky Initiative. I didn't realize that we had this initiative going on. I guess, is it the United, is this international? It is. The Dark Sky, uh, the whole Dark Sky movement is international. As a matter of fact, the very first Dark Sky Park, International Dark Sky Park, was in Utah, and it was um, Natural Bridges National Monument. Was it really? So we started this. Well, we we were the first designated park for sure, and that was way back in like 2006 or 2007, I believe. So, And what's really cool is that Utah leads the world in number of international dark sky places. And I do have some breaking news for you. Would you Please. like to hear some exciting news? Oh, yes, absolutely. The, just today, the um, International Dark Sky Association did certify and designate Kodachrome State Park, Jordan Nail State Park, and Rockport State Park. Uh, it's Kodachrome Basin State Park, I should say, for the full name, uh, as uh, International Dark Sky Parks, which brings the number of dark sky parks in the Utah State Park System up to eight. And that's more than any other state park system in the nation. So. Oh, congratulations on that. Do people do dark sky initiative tours? I mean, would they want, now that we have eight, would they want to do an eight state park place tour? Of- sure they would. And and that brings the total state aggregate of dark sky places to 20, 21, excuse me, 21. Um, that includes national parks and monuments. And we have a couple of dark sky communities and a sanctuary. 
So we, uh, and, and one county park up there, Northport Park is also one. So I encourage folks to go to the uh, darksky.org website and, and check out Dark Sky Places on there and see how many are from Utah. It's pretty stunning. And absolutely, we have people from around the world, across the United States, that come to Utah because it's a sad fact that 80% of the world's population, especially around urban areas, cannot see the Milky Way from where they are. And we're kind of spoiled in Utah because we can get out to places fairly easily and see the Milky Way. We can see it. Uh, Antelope Island is an international dark sky park. We can just go on to the west side of the island. You can see the Milky Way there. But, you know, I grew up in Ogden, and I could see the Milky Way growing up here, and um, I can no longer see it in the city. And you certainly can't see it in Salt Lake City. But we're so lucky to have these parks that are so close and also scattered all around the, the state that you can get away and see the Milky Way. Do you have an initiative for school children? So kids, you know, that maybe that are growing up in our cities, uh, do they have this maybe in the United States as well or even globally where they're growing up in cities where they don't get to see this that we can just, well, I guess with COVID and stuff, we can't put them all on a bus. But it, is there a, an idea around that where we can, uh, where kids can see this? Well, we have done lots of programs. So our pro- we do lots of dark sky programming Uh Pre-COVID, we also have done them virtually in the COVID era, but absolutely, uh, families come out generally and bring their kids. It's a multi-generational thing. We've done stuff for Boy Scouts. We've done stuff for Girl Scouts. And then in the age of COVID, uh, we have done virtual dark sky programs. This is really cool. We had a partnership with the South Physics Observatory, which is at the University of Utah. They have a telescope on top of a mountain near Milford, Utah, so far away from the densest urban light pollution areas. And they actually can manipulate that telescope from far away. So we've had, we had over the last year, several dark sky programs and usually a few hundred, 400, 500 people would tune in. We had one for Girl Scouts where 1,500 people around the country tuned in. But you, we can look through that telescope as he's manipulating it, he, uh, uh, our friend Paul Ricketts, who runs that program up there, uh, can take pictures, and then we can really talk about deep deep space objects. He'll often say to the crowd you know, virtually, hey, what do you want to look at? This nebula or this one will go over to this part of the, of the heavens, and then we focus in on that, and then he'll tell us about that object. And so that is how we've handled it during COVID. But, yes, also Jordan Nelson Park just named has um, the Rock Cliff Nature Center, and that is being revitalized, and it's, they're going to partner with a nonprofit that whose whole purpose is to bring kids um, from urban areas and expose them to natural areas and with overnights and things. And we certainly, Dark Skies will be a focus of that program. Uh, we'll do some great night sky programs for those kids. What's the most incredible thing that you have seen in this Dark Sky initiative uh, as not only being a supporter and driving this initiative, but also an observer? Well, I'll tell you, I've never been to a bad dark sky event. There's always some type of revelation that that happens. And one of the most incredible for me was down at Gooseneck State Park, which is one of our most remote parks. It's down by Mexican Hat. You're looking over into Arizona. And I was there putting on a dark sky event there. We've got an application in for them for international dark sky status, status, and it's being reviewed by the IDA board. But one of the most incredible things there is that I love this. This local young man came up and he said he'd been camping the weekend before up on top of a mountain. And the Milky Way was so close, he felt like it was a blanket smothering him. So he had to come to this dark sky event that we were putting on to learn more about that. And so we had telescopes and we did 
stargazing by eye, but also looking through telescopes. He, it was really chilly. It was in the 20s. And he and his girlfriend were wrapped in a star quilt, which I absolutely loved. And he said, you know, this is the first time I have realized that I am a part of this universe, that we here are a part of this universe, not separate from it. So people are making amazing uh, connections like that all the time. Another really touching story told by Wendy Wilson, who's our assistant manager out at Antelope Island State Park, is they were holding a photo, uh, astrophotography that's taking night sky photos uh, class, and an uh, older gentleman came out to to with his camera to take pictures and he said i just want to take a picture of a star i there i just haven't seen stars for so long he was obviously an urban resident and he got to take a picture of the milky way and he cried and he hugged our wendy and said you know this is i I haven't seen this since i was a child and this is so special and you know something like that happens every every time we put on an event there's some kind of just magical connection that goes on how remarkable. Were you in a dark sky situation when the conjunction happened between Saturn and Venus? You bet I was. So <laughs> I live in Ogden, and so I have used Antelope Island as my outlet to the outdoors. It's my closest state park, and I went out not only for that, but Neowise. Uh, I went out every night that it was clear to watch the comet Neowise, and Antelope Island is in, and our Wasatch front and back parks are so near the dense population of our state that so many people can get out and see the dark sky events that they can't see from the city. So I went out for Neowise every night and just hearing the gasps. Of course, we were all socially distanced out there in our dark, in the dark, staking our claims to our own little areas. But to hear the gasps over and over again, uh, when people saw the comet, you could see it with the naked eye. You could see it better with a, with a binoculars. And then if somebody in your family had a telescope, of course, I could hear people seeing. Uh, I didn't get to look at it through a telescope. But I could hear people gasping as they saw that. And then the Perseid meteor shower later on, uh, I went out again and saw tons of uh, meteors falling, falling. And again, the island was just overrun with people uh, staking out their own claims in the dark and and sitting there watching for uh, meteors falling. And then also, uh, as you say, the conjunction. So, and, and Antelope Island had an event where they streamed that live, by the way, but I did go out in person to just sit out there and, and watch it. And it was, it was great. Justina, I want to go with you next time. So can we you find... You should absolutely go out. We'll show totally, you a great time. Totally, totally. Um, where do we go to find out about our dark sky events that are coming up around the state of Utah? We have a dark sky page but uh, on our Utah State Parks website, which is stateparks.utah.gov. You can also go the individual parks you're interested to. So if you're, if you're thinking of going to Dead Horse Point or Goblin Valley or uh, Kodachrome or Jordan Allen, go to their events tab uh, or their Facebook page and look for their events that are that are upcoming. They're always posting when they're going to have stuff. Now, again, COVID has put the kibosh on for the most part because we can't get people together. Um, but we do keep having virtual events. And when, when uh, the state of things allows, we will go back to dark sky programming immediately. And you can always give your park a call and ask them what's going on, too. If you're planning to visit a park and say, hey, what, you, what do you have going on? Fremont Indian State Park is another one. We, we just have... We've just got so many parks putting on such great programs like Scorpion Safaris, which I, I'll just tell you here. We go, we, we talk about um, nocturnal habitats. We talk about scorpions. Uh, they're so photosensitive. And even under a full moon, they're not going to come out. So that's why dark sky is really important to them, naturally dark night skies. Then we go looking for scorpions. Then we come back. And just as we're coming back from that, remember this is a night program, 
Scorpius, the constellation, is just rising in the sky, and that's the giant scorpion in the sky. And then we ha- we point out that, and we show people that, and then we have telescopes there and show them other deep space objects. But it's really a great way to talk about the importance of naturally dark skies to nocturnal habitats for animals and to connect the terrestrial to the celestial. It's it's just a, a great experience. We have owl, what we call owl prowls, and we have bat programs, and we have full moon kayaking, full moon hikes. Uh, gosh, out of Great Salt Lake Marina, they were holding full moon hikes that were getting over 600 people. Uh, now it's not the time for that kind of, of uh, gathering, but that time will come again. And we certainly encourage people just to get out individually and with their families or their their pod and go out individually and look at the sky. You can do it by eye. You can do it with binoculars. You don't need um, you don't need a fancy telescope. Just get out and look up in these wonderfully naturally dark dark sky places and enjoy it. Uh, we're so privileged to have them here in the state. Justina Parsons Bernstein with uh, our Utah government driving the Dark Sky Initiative. Thank you so much for your enthusiasm and for your support and for the really important work that you're doing. That's really helping us with our mental well being. Uh, and so thank you again. Uh, just uh, the website as we as we close. Uh, Stateparks.utah.gov and look at any park you're planning to go to and look at their events tab or give them a call. Check out today's business interview using the KSL News Radio app or at kslnewsradio.com. Just click on podcasts. More cool stories on Mighty Main Street here on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.